Now, there may be some of you who have gotten to a point where you're so low that you think God has forgotten about you. There may be someone who finds themselves today at a point of uncertainty. You don't know whether to turn left or right. You don't know whether to cry or smile. And regarding whatever it is that's making you feel this way, if it's sin, if it's an addiction, if it's your marriage, or if it's the fact you can't seem to find someone to marry, if it's your job or financial situation, I want to encourage you to pray about it. Pray about it before you give up. Pray about it before you look anywhere else. Pray about it before you look to anyone else. And the reason I'm telling you to pray about it is because too often when we find ourselves in these uncertain positions, we either drift away and get lost in the sea of our problems, or we start paddling, trying to find a way out of our problems. We start trying to use our own strength to get out of the mess we're in. We do our best to use our resources and know-how just to try to save ourselves. But I would like to encourage you to pray about it. Call on the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. When I read Jeremiah 33, verse 3, which says, Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. When I read that scripture, I hear the word of God telling me to pray about it. Whatever situation you face today, whatever circumstance or situation, God wants you to call to him. Psalm 50 verse 15 says, Call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. That means pray about it. So let your hope be found in God. He says, trust me in your times of trouble and I will rescue you. He says, abide in me and I will restore you. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. As children of God, in every battle we find ourselves in, we are always fighting from a position of victory. It's not a case that we're fighting for victory, but rather from victory. Because I want you to understand this. When you fight for victory, then that means your enemy has a chance. However, in Jesus and with Jesus, we have the victory. So we fight from a position of victory. And so my message to you is clear. Don't be disheartened. Don't be frightened. You're not looking to win. You're fighting from a position of strength. The battle has already been decided. And Jesus Christ wins. He is undefeated. Now remember this. For the battle in your family, you're fighting from a position of victory because you have Jesus. For that battle concerning your children, you're fighting from a position of victory. Whatever the fight is that's before you, remember that you are fighting from a position of victory because of Jesus Christ. If you go into any family, there are customs, there are traditions, they have ways of doing things. Some eat at the table together every night. Some go to the local diner every Christmas Eve, and they've done so for the past 20 years. If you go to some parts of the world, in certain communities, they have their own traditions and customs. 
Certain African traditions require the man to pay a dowry payment to the family of the bride before marriage. In certain Jewish communities, they have a coming-of-age ceremony, a bat mitzvah. All across the world, people from all kinds of walks of life all have their own traditions and customs. But there is a man in the Bible who had a very interesting custom that he follows. And this man is known for other things, and I'll tell you his name in a moment, but this man had a custom that constantly brought him closer to God, a custom that drove his heart toward the Lord. And I believe it was his custom, what he did on a regular basis, it was this that caused him to experience the power of God in his life. The man I'm talking about is Daniel. And yes, we all know Daniel because he was delivered from the lion's den, but I want to highlight a different side to Daniel that you may never have paid attention to. The Bible in Daniel 6 verse 10 says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Daniel's custom was prayer. Daniel's habit was prayer. And I want you to notice that he prayed in secret. His relationship with God was sacred to him. It wasn't for public display so that people would say he is holy. No, it wasn't for people to see. But Daniel went home to his room, to his prayer closet, and got on his knees, and it was just him and the Lord. Now, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 to 6, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. In the New Testament, there is a key message that comes up over and over again. And do you know what this message concerns? It's about prayer. In Romans 12, we're told to be constant in prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5, we're told to pray without ceasing. In Ephesians 6, we're told to pray at all times. In the book of Colossians, chapter 4, we're told to continue steadfastly in prayer. In James, chapter 5, the Bible says the prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Now, these are just a few scriptures. I haven't even touched on all Jesus' teachings about prayer that are given in the four Gospels. And so, people of God, let's fight to pray. When life is good, Remember to pray. When life is challenging, remember to pray. Come rain or sunshine, just pray. Regardless of the season you're in, you have to fight to pray. And you're actually strengthened by those prayers. One of the reasons why we have to be so strong in prayer is because as children of God, we have enemies. We have the devil and his demons to contend with, and then we have the world and the flesh as enemies. But I want you to understand that all of these enemies that we face as believers, they have one thing in common. They cannot win against the power of God. 
they cannot overcome the blood of Jesus. The enemies we face, they cannot destroy a person who fears God. They cannot overwhelm someone who's always found to be in the posture of prayer. Now, Psalm 34, verse 7 reads, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Saints of God, I encourage you to find a quiet place to pray that is your own. Find a prayer closet. Find a quiet place where you can be alone with the Lord. A place to meet with your Heavenly Father in secret, away from the constant notifications of a cell phone. Away from the endless chatter of the television and away from the interruptions of friends and family members. The Bible says when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. I believe that the Bible tells us to pray in this manner because we need to respect our time with God. We need to give Him His due reverence. Our prayer time ought to be sacred. We need to give God honor by shutting off the world and focusing purely on Him. I changed my own prayer life by treating it as a divine appointment with the Lord. No interruptions, no distractions, just time alone with Jesus. So here's what I'd like to encourage you to do after finding a quiet place to pray. Begin by repenting. Begin by confessing your sins and asking for the Lord to have mercy on you, because none of us are perfect. As humans, we sin knowingly and sometimes unknowingly, so be mindful of that. And then move to ask the Lord to show you if there's anything in your heart, in your life, that is hindering your walk with Him. Pray from Psalm 139, verse 23 to 24, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Jesus spoke of a precious promise belonging to those who have a pure heart in Matthew 5, verse 8, which says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Don't you desire to see God? Don't you desire to see His hand move and work in your life? Don't you desire to see His goodness, His protection and favor all at work in your life? So I encourage you to begin treating your prayer time as a divine appointment with the Lord. My prayer today, Lord, is that I may be conscious and sensitive about giving you my full, undivided attention. My prayer today is that God would help me to find a place far away from the distractions of this world so that I can be fully immersed in His love and in His presence. And for every believer listening, I encourage you to follow Daniel's example. Make prayer a daily, habitual practice. Get on your knees often. Lock yourself in a room with God often. Be in His presence often and the Lord will surely work wonders in your life. Saints, God is with us, but we must not be blinded to the dangers of prayerlessness. Prayerlessness opens the door to the enemy. Prayerlessness results in a person becoming spiritually dull and desensitized to the things of God. Now, we all know that praying is not easy, Praying should not be casual. It is spiritual warfare. 
That's why the Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. Prayer is a weapon that we can all use as children of God. And so I encourage you, dear friends, do not neglect this weapon of prayer. If God is with us, who can stand against us? Who can stand against Jesus? (laughs) No one, no man, no demon, no devil. So fear God and pray daily. Pray without ceasing. Be constant in prayer. God acts in response to prayer. So in conclusion, I want to remind you to persevere in prayer. Keep pushing in prayer.